Welcome to Chantel Inspires. Each week, this program will address some of life's challenges, such as sexual abuse, suicide, rape, bullying, and more. Many of us face challenges like these in everyday life. Chantel shows us that we can overcome these challenges as well as be the light in the darkness of others who face similar setbacks. Now, here is your host, Chantel. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I am Chantel, and you are listening to Chantel Inspires. First off, I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. I'm sure you're all wondering what kind of show this is going to be as it is the first one. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview. Um, As it says in the intro, I'll be talking about such topics as uh, sexual molestation, rape, date rape, suicide, homelessness, um, all things like that and how you can overcome them. Um, Even though your life seems challenging and sometimes you feel as though you're at the end of your rope, you can do this. We want to inspire you to be the very best you that you can be. Um, Today, what we'll be talking about is being a military wife. Um, something a little different than the other topics, but uh, something very near and dear to my heart. I was married to a soldier who was overseas, and I ended up writing a book about it. The reason I did that was because while he was overseas, my children and I actually endured quite a few adventures, (laughs) a few trials and tribulations, and the more I talked about it to people, the more I realized that they don't understand what military families actually go through. Um, Now, I'm sure there are plenty of military families out there listening in, and I hope that uh, we hit home for you some of these things, and hopefully some of your relatives are listening so they can help you out when they need to. But what I did was I ended up writing a book called Homefront Warriors. We all support our soldiers, which is so wonderful, and they definitely need our support because we love them, and if it weren't for them, we wouldn't have the freedoms that we enjoy today. But the book actually talks about what the families go through, and it's very kind of hush-hush on our part, it seems like. We don't always talk about it because as military spouses, and it's not all wives, there's husbands out there as well, um, that go through a lot of things that people have never really thought about. So today I have brought in a guest and she is a military spouse as well. Her name is Jackie. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. (laughs) I just wanna thank you so much for joining me. Um, Jackie actually lives here in South Dakota with me and we connected through friends and we've really come to terms with, you know, what it's like to be a military spouse. So, Jackie, can you tell me how many times has your husband been deployed? Um, He has been deployed a total of three times, um, two of which we were married through. Okay. Wow. And were they the, because he had the longer deployments, did he not? Like the 12 months? Yes. Yes, the longer deployments, yes. Correct. I know different branches have different uh, deployment times, and uh, I know mine was actually part of the surge, so he was scheduled to go to 18 months. So think about being, a, if 
if those of you out there that are listening are single parents, think about or or spouses of people that have a job that takes them away for a couple year, a couple of weeks. Just think about having your spouse being gone for a year and a half or a year. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what what we were facing. So Jackie, what what was probably the most surprising thing about deployment for you? I know they always try to prepare us and and do their best to do that, but nobody can ever prepare you for what you're going to go through. Was there something that really stood out to you about, you know, that you weren't really prepared for, you thought you were, but you weren't? I think one of the biggest things that stood out for me was um, just the sheer independence that's required. I, I think you realize a lot was going to be put on your shoulders, but you don't realize the capacity, uh, you know, and the effect on your life that that's going to have um, just from a standpoint of you don't have time for yourself. You don't have a lot of time to do anything other than just take care of your family, take care of the house, take care of the yard. You know, so many of those things that you had helped with before um, are now on your shoulders and uh, you don't obviously get a lot of help from a lot of people that don't understand the situation. So just the sheer gravity of it all was really huge for me. Yeah, I, it it was for me as well. I remember we had a uh, a corner lot that we lived on, and to mow that, I was at home with two little ones. My son was just about three when he left, and or when my husband left, and then um, my daughter was eight, going on nine. And I'm telling you, to try to mow that big lawn while you have a little two-year-old at home or two or three-year-old at home. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that done was quite the chore because you don't want them outside with you because who knows what they're going to get right. into. And right. so I had to try to schedule it in between naps and in between everything else that was going on. And it just a lot of times just didn't get done. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I always tell this story about how just little things that people help you with mean the most. My uncle mowed my lawn one day. I'm telling you, I was in tears. It meant so much to me because he cared enough about me to do that knowing I didn't have the time. Or he looked at the lawn yeah. and said, oh, oh Lord, you need this mowed, <laughs> which could have been a big <laughs> thing for me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you with there. There's just so many things in the, in the independence that it takes and I know there are a lot of wives out there and a lot of husbands that are not prepared for that. And it, it really is detrimental to them. And there's, I've heard of some that I'm even friends with that they had to take a leave of absence from their job. Um, just it's hard to get out of bed in the morning because there's so much going on along with that added pressure of are they ever coming home? So. Right. Yeah, constantly hanging over your head, you know, besides the day-to-day duties, there's the the fact, you know, are they coming home? Is this next phone call I get going to be something horrible? You know, where is that, that car pulling up in my driveway? Who is that? You know, there's just that constant fear and overwhelming sadness that it's really tough to get past. It is. It, it truly is. And, and until you experience it, I don't think you can understand it because I know I didn't. When he was ready right. to go overseas, I thought, oh, I got this. I'm tough. I've been through a lot. I got, I got this. I didn't. <laughs> I right. really didn't. So, um, 
So did you have children at home while he was gone? Yes. Yes, we did have okay. children. Um, we have five between us, and uh, three of those lived with us at the time. Um, two children uh, were part-time. So, you know, it, sure. it was very difficult for the children to understand, you know, why dad is away and the danger level and, you know, part of it, and I know you and I have talked about this before, just part of part of the issue was really balancing that and not letting the children see how upset you are, how afraid or scared or, you know, the things that are going through your mind and the struggles from a day-to-day basis and, and really trying to hide that from the children so they're they're okay and they try to stick to as much of a routine as possible. And, uh, you know, not really having anybody to vent that to was, was a big part of um, my frustrations, I guess, and my sadness, probably. Oh, absolutely. And you make a few good points there that I'd like to circle back to if I could. I know that sure. um, <laughs> I know that I have found in research and in just experiencing it myself that the children will take on that attitude or the uh, actions of the parent that's left behind. So, and I believe we talked about this as well together, that if I were to freak out and and put on the, oh, woe is me, oh my gosh, I don't know if your dad's ever going to come back or your mom's ever going to come back or things like that, my kids or the children left behind are going to go crazy. They're going to act just like that yeah. parent. And, and we can't, I just couldn't do that to my kids. So what I ended right. up doing was, was I may have gone too far the other way, but what I did was I just put on the brave face and I was just like, okay, dad will be home. No big deal. It's just like when he goes to guard drill or it's just like when he's doing this, um, he'll be back. Not a big deal. And so I didn't make a big deal of it. And he, I think the kids did quite well. I know that Preston was quite young, like I said, three. <laughs> so he, it really wasn't too much for him. Um, but my daughter, I think it hit a little bit harder with her. So it's, it's amazing what those kids go through and how resilient they can be. But I also think it's up to us as parents to make sure that they're strong enough to do it and that we're there for them and we make a good face for them. Yeah, I think it's really a fine line of, you know, how much do you shield them and how much do you provide them with reality? You know, it's really it's really difficult to know what that is, and I think it's different for each child, honestly, each family. Absolutely, yeah, yep. Because I think um, maybe I should have put a little more emphasis on it, um, but at that time, for myself, I had built the wall, and I didn't want to let anybody in because I didn't want to be hurt anymore. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to think of what the other thing you were talking about was, that, and it just has to do with the kids. Um, I know that what I would do is I would put on the brave face at work. I'd put on the brave face in front of the kids. I'd do all my crazy running around and get everything done. And it wasn't until after the kids went to bed and they had their baths and stuff like that, that's when I would break down. Yeah. Um, Because I think we needed that. And you also touched on something that it was hard to talk to anybody because not everybody 
understands what we're going through. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things for me is, um, you know, my husband is a hero. I absolutely adore him and with all my heart love what he does, but it is so much a family thing. And I don't think unless you've ever been through it, you understand how it affects the entire family and how you are really deployed with them. Um, I, I just felt sometimes like, um, oh, you know, thanking, thanking the, the person that's been overseas for their service certainly is well-deserved. But also thanking Absolutely. the family that's behind them and, and keeping things together while they're gone means so much to that family and especially that spouse that's been through so much and gone through the ringer and, you know, not knowing if somebody's coming home and what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, not to mention when the spouse gets home and you go through all of that, uh, you know, transition back into quote unquote normal life, you know, what does Absolutely. that all look like? And, and so many times I just felt like um, a little bit unappreciated uh-huh. by people because they yep. didn't understand it's not their fault. It just, it's, you know, people need to be educated about what can you do to help, help those families and those spouses get through it. Absolutely. You make a great point. I think we're going to go to commercial right now, Jackie. So if you can hang on, we'll be back with Jackie and myself talking a little bit about being a home front warrior. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual, and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune in to Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. 
Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. This is Chantel and I am here with Jackie, another Homefront warrior, uh, which actually is the spouse or a family member of a currently deployed soldier. Jackie, thanks again for coming back with us. Um, we were just talking about what it was like for for him to be overseas or her to be overseas and kind of what our, our families go through. And we were just talking about how we had to stay strong for our children. But I don't know if you have uh, had to go through this, but I felt as though I had to be strong for my soldier too, because you did too. Okay. So it's not just me. That's good. (laughs) I know (laughs) that I had to be strong for my kids because they were looking up to me. I was all they had. And then on the other hand, he had, every time he'd call back, I had to be strong for him too. And I don't think people understand that. The reason I had to be strong for him is because He's got his life on the line. If he calls back at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., because that's about when the, how the time changes went. So you and I probably never got any sleep. <laughs> but when he would call back, I had to be strong for him, too, because if he heard any sort of dissension in the ranks or the fact that things were going downhill or I wasn't doing well, he wouldn't be able to do his job. And for him right. not to do his job, means he's probably not going to come home. And so... Yeah, he potentially put him in danger. Absolutely, because they, they, their job is very crucial, and they have to have their mind on their job. Um, and I know that it, it hurt so bad because I was trying to be strong for the kids, trying to be strong for him, and all the while I was just, like I always say, I was the weakest one of all because... <laughs> I was trying to hold it up together and I looked so strong or I thought I looked so strong. And, and I tell you what, by the time wine o'clock came along, <laughs> I was dead. And it was, this is terrible. But yeah, I got him home safe. The kids were safe. And, you know, that's how it worked. So did you feel that you had to do the same thing? Yeah, you know, it was funny to me because there were so many times when there was a struggle going on maybe uh, having to do with something, you know, something the children went through or something to that effect. Um, and it, it was just really a struggle for me to, like you said, like you said, put on that brave face and really have them think everything's, you know, 100% okay. We're doing great. Everything's yeah. fine. You know, there's no issues whatsoever. Um, 
but I found it somewhat amusing at times also because my husband would call and I would tell him that we had a, let's say we had a snowstorm or blizzard and he would be so completely worried that I was going to drive to work in that, you know? And I was just like, okay, Aww. you are putting your life on the line literally and you're worried about me driving to work, you know? So it's, it just really put it in perspective for me on if they worry about us as much as we worry about them, but in a much different way. That's wonderful. Right. I, mean, I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that to me was really interesting, and I thought, oh, he's worrying about me and the children. You know, he obviously knows nothing major is wrong, but still just from a day-to-day thing, you know? Yep. You have to appreciate that very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know that, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, about how our lives are different, you know, his his or hers over there and ours back here. But... uh, yeah, for him to be able to take the time and think of that, that's that's wonderful. Now, how yeah. did you guys communicate? Did you did you do via phone or like for us we did through Yahoo? Yeah, we had a uh we actually used the phone quite often, but then we also used Skype and um, you know, the okay. video chatting was significant for me and mm-hmm. I think for him as well cuz he was able to see the kids, talk to the kids and, you know, just see a friendly face. Right. You can wave and, and have a conversation that felt more, a lot more real than just talking on the phone without seeing their, you know, seeing their smiles and that kind of thing. Right. And now I'm sure that was good for the kids to be able to see him. So there's that, that reality check. And I don't think we ever did a video call because I think looking back, because this was back in 2008, 2007 and 2008 when he was over. And so my little guy was little, you know, three years old. And I think having that video would have been great, but we never did that. So it would have helped him remember daddy a little bit better. And, you know, because you really changed from three to four and five. Because he was, he was, he was at the end of two when he left and he was four when he got back just because he missed all that three-year-old thing. So... But yeah, I think that would have been great. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that there are some listeners out there thinking, oh, you guys are complaining about (laughs) some of these things. And we were back in Vietnam and my aunt will be one of those (laughs) because (laughs) she would she would always tell me and knock me down a peg or two right where I belong. She would say, you know, you think it's bad if you don't hear from him for a while. And I'll and I'll tell you that story. Um because I wander, here we go. (laughs) I hadn't heard from him for about a week. And it was very, he was pretty routine about every two or three days I'd hear from him. And I didn't hear from him for at least a week, maybe even a little bit more. And I got really concerned because I thought this is not like him. I was scared. I would every, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't hardly eat. It was, it was terrible. And then then I get this knock on the door, and I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Jackie, but it was oh, no. 8, 9 o'clock at night, and you know everybody's fear when that door, somebody knocks on that door, when you're in the military, you're just hoping there's not a blue sedan sitting out front. So right. I didn't even want to answer the door, but I did, and my heart was just, I was shaking, and my heart was sinking, and I get to the door, and it's my dad. <laughs> And he just, I had just left something at his house. But I mean, I felt something I had never felt before. I mean, it was awful. 
And I can only imagine what those poor spouses have felt when it's not just their dad at that door, you know. So when I was telling this story to my aunt, who whose husband went to Vietnam, she just kind of looked at me and thought, oh, girl. <laughs> she said, Chantel, really? There were times I didn't know if your Uncle Wes was alive or dead for not only weeks, but months. She said, we dealt in letters. We didn't get phone calls. It was letters. And I thought, you know what? That is so true. So there have yeah, been home front true. warriors ever since there's been war. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing what the technology has done to help us, you know, in keeping that communication open. Although sometimes I wonder, you know, seeing too much communication, is it, you know, I don't, yeah. I couldn't watch the news. I couldn't watch it. I did not want to see something that could have him in there, you know? Yeah. But it was scary. Yeah, um, I agree. I stayed away from the TV for quite a while. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know the one thing that's set in my mind, and this is very morbid, but was the the picture that they showed of, of one of our soldiers over there um, that was in Somalia that time, you know, when the Black Hawk Down and that movie, when yeah. they drug the soldier through the streets and he had nothing on. I mean, they stripped him of everything. Right. And that was what was playing in my mind over and over again when he was about to be deployed. And I said, you know, he was always one that would wear his wedding ring. And I said, I don't want you to bring that over there. I want to keep it here. And he said, why? He says, I need to wear it. I have to have it over there. And I said, and I told him what kept playing in my mind. And he says, don't worry about it. We'll be okay. And I said, no, seriously, I I can't do it. And he said, "Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just, I said, what? I, I want something. If you don't come back, I want something that Preston can have of yours. Oh. And and so, you know, I didn't want them to take that from him if that were to happen to him. And right. so what we ended up doing the day before he left, we went out and bought a, a $99 gold band that he could wear. So he still had a ring on his finger, but I still had the one at home so that we'd, we'd keep it. And it was, it, was, it was kind of the solution to our big problem, you know, and uh, right. it was very hard to do. I couldn't even pick it out. I was like, you do it. I can't do it. So that kind of tells you some of the things that people don't even think about um, yeah. that we go through. And it was, it was very tough. I know it's only a ring, but it would have been so much more. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Okay, so I have a question. Did you keep his clothes or his pillow or anything like that um, in a in a paper <laughs> sack or something like that in a plastic bag? Because there was a shirt of his that I didn't wash until he got home, so I could still smell it. It smelled like him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I had his pillowcase that was very similar. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't wash it for like a year. It was pretty gross, but that was like, it was, but it was his. You know what I mean? It was just that <laughs> very similar thing. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. So hopefully our listeners um, are getting a little bit of uh, what goes on to to the families that have soldiers overseas. It's not just a, 
a, a picnic while they're gone. We do go through quite a bit, and um, hopefully we can inspire some of you out there to help some of those those families while they're soldiers overseas. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, when we come back from break. So we'll see you back here in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual, and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune in to Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. You've got Chantel and my guest Jackie here. We're talking about 
um, military wives and spouses and how to be a home front warrior and what it takes and what we go through and how we can overcome it. Thanks again, Jackie, for hanging in with us. Um, We were just talking about how families endure things while their soldier is gone. Tell me, Jackie, was it difficult when he left to discipline the kids? Were you the disciplinarian before he left, or did you already have everything under control? (laughs) You know, I think we we probably shared the duties um, before he left, but I think he probably had a little higher level in it or a little bit more experience than I did. Um, And certainly we disciplined in, in a little bit different ways. So when he left, yeah, that was definitely a source of frustration for me. Um, just understanding, first of all, how to relate to the kids in a way that didn't get them too much out of their, um, you know, what they were used to. Right. And just really understanding how not to go overboard as well, because, you know, they're dealing with a lot of emotions and a lot of different feelings that they're not used to um, with them, him being gone. And understanding, okay, well, am, am I being too harsh on them or not harsh enough? Where's the fine line? You know, so that was definitely a source of frustration. Um, you know, cer- certain times you're able to get help with that, just reach out and reaching out to family. And, you know, my mom was a huge help just saying, okay, I feel like you're, you're probably overreacting and that kind of thing. And certainly that, that was definitely beneficial, but it was a struggle. Absolutely. What, um, who was your go-to person? Was it your mom or your parents? Yeah, or? yeah I think several of my family members, um, you know, and a very good friend of mine were go-to people. But, again, none of them have been through, uh, first of all, a military family or a deployment. So, you know, you can only relate so much and, and feel like you're understood. But they helped as much as they possibly could, of course. Right, right. And I think... You know, for me, that was that was huge as well, is because nobody really quite understands the whole picture of what's going on. They see they see me in church, and they see me with the kids, and they see me out to eat quite a bit. And do you know why that is? <laughs> Did you guys you guys went out to eat quite a bit as well, didn't you? Yes, I remember. Well, people saying, "Boy, you eat out a lot," and me saying, "Yeah." I also do 100% of everything at the house now, so yes. I'm going <laughs> to. You know, it was Absolutely. nothing I, I apologized for. I didn't make excuses. <laughs> I just simply said, when you have 100% of everything on your plate, you might eat out a, more, a little bit more often than you, you normally would. And you had three children to please. Now, I don't know if they're anything like mine, but I had two. And <laughs> trying to cook something for a family of three, and none of you like the same thing. It just was way easier to go out <laughs> and yeah. I think another another reason that we went out and I don't know if it was true for you or not but I didn't want to be home honestly the Very more true. I sat at home the more memories there were the more things that I saw of him I figured if I was out we were talking to people my mind wasn't on what was going on overseas and it just it literally was a, a godsend to me um, even if I went over to my parents' house, which I think they kind of got tired of, but, <laughs> oh, you guys again. <laughs> right. Let me just throw on another steak or five, <laughs> you know, but uh, thank goodness they were right down the road. But um, it, it was truly, a, you know, kind of salvation for me be, to be able to go, just go eat out. Everybody was happy. 
you know, because they got whatever they wanted to eat, and uh, I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's tough to, to go to bed by yourself every night when you're used to having that spouse there. You know, it, yeah. it, it just, it's a different world. It's just so different. I, I would assume that, you know, people that get divorced and go through it the first part of their life, it's very similar with missing that, that feeling right. of knowing that your spouse is okay and just having that, you know, companionship. And, and that's gone, you know, and it's very different just to do it virtually with a phone call or, a, you know, a, a Skype call. Um, right. and that was a bit of a struggle for me, too. So I would agree that keeping myself busy certainly yes. helped, but there's there's a point where it's too much. And, and, you know, I feel like that's where a lot of families get to where it becomes too stressful and, and it just becomes too much and it's overwhelming. Right. Definitely. Well, and I know that... Um the soldiers that are over there, um, they're not all active duty. Now, yours was in the guards, correct? Yes. Okay, so mine was actually active duty at the time that he went over. So let me just kind of give the viewers or the listeners, I should say, um, a little overview of the differences. If you're active duty, you are um, there full time. So we were out of Fort Riley at the time. However, the kids and I stayed in South Dakota, and he lived in Kansas at Fort Riley because we knew he was going overseas for 18 months. And we thought, why move down there? And I don't know anybody and take my daughter out of school and only to move back, you know, when he gets he gets back. So we just stayed there. We, the kids and I stayed in, in South Dakota. And so we drove back and forth every weekend, six-hour drive. I would pile the kids in the car or he would drive up. And so the kids kind of got used to dad not being there all the time. But now for you guys, you're in the guards. So they, not everybody in the guards goes overseas. Um, no. And they, they go one weekend a month, two weeks a year. And then if they get called up, they go. And they still have the long deployments in, in the Army. And I think the Air Guard will go. 90 days to 180, things like that. They all have their specified um, missions. But with the active duty, there is a lot of support on base or on post for them. In the Guard, and I think you'll agree with this, as a Guard member, there's not, I mean, there's support, but it's not like they have on post or on base. Yeah, Did I you think find it's that? very different in the way that, um, you know, when you're on base, like you said, you, you have that support ready. Certainly mm-hmm. in the Guard, um, you know, there's family readiness groups that are, are an amazing help, and they reach out and they, they try to check in with you and make sure you're okay. But typically, in a Guard unit, you're pulling people <clears throat> from all different cities. So you're, you're from all different locations. So if you don't live in necessarily the city where the Guard drills out of, you could be from, you know, 100, 200 miles away and have very little contact with the other families that, you know, are, are part of the deployment. So that in itself can be a real struggle at times, too, to make sure right. that you're inserting yourself in in those groups and being a part of that and staying in contact with those families because they're definitely a source of help as well because, you know, they're all going through the same thing and you can certainly help mm-hmm. each other that way. But it is quite different, yeah, than being, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, quite different than being on base with, you know, a lot more right. families that are in close proximity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still have the heartache and they still have the struggles. 
but they have a Absolutely. little bit more support that I have found. I know that if we were on base or on post down there, uh, we would have had some daycare a couple times a month, and they had more support groups that, uh, and you would know more of the spouses, so you could feel a little bit more comfortable sure. talking to them. But like you said, here in the guards, when you've got people from each side of the state and, you know, you don't know anybody, it's hard to uh, have that support around you. And, and then when you have your family who loves you and supports you, but they don't quite understand what you're going through, that's difficult, too. They try, but there's just that little thing that's missing. Right. And I'll have to, there was this, uh, I won't say the name, but somebody uh, um was chastising me because I had I was I was working two jobs, uh, had two kids at home. He was gone, and I'm a real estate agent full time, so my job is not eight to five. And I would often drop my kids off at my folks' house to watch them while I went and showed a house or something like that. And I was chastised because this <clears throat> this person said, well. You know, my sister is is a single mom. She's divorced, and and she's got it way worse than you do. And I just kind of had to step back because, honestly, I've been a single mom, and I've been a home front warrior, and I will take a single mom over home front warrior any day (laughs) because you don't have that looming over your head as a single mom. You know it's final. You know he's not coming back. But he'll come and get the kids every other weekend if he's still in their life or she. And there's sure. there's some benefits to that. But you know your you know your path at that point. When you're here in our position, it was it was oh gosh, is he coming home? Will I ever see him again? Will the kids have their father? Um, how do I keep it together day and night for both of these sides? And it was it was a struggle. It truly was a struggle. And I didn't have the support, like you said, as far as, at least my dad was in the military. So he he understood, but he never was deployed. So, you know, they knew what I was going through, but they didn't quite understand the, the, the whole picture. So, but they were wonderful in helping me out and watching the kids. And, and I would much rather have my kids spend time with my parents than at a daycare. So, yeah. Definitely. You know, I think one of the things that um, I found from a personal perspective was because I'm such a independent person, and I, like you mentioned before, you consider yourself very strong and I can do anything. That mm-hmm. makes it really hard to ask for help sometimes. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not always people around you not noticing that you need help. It's maybe you asking them and not, and not being embarrassed about asking for help. So that's something on the second deployment that I, I really tried to work through better. And, you know, oh, if they great. don't know what you need, how do they help you? So that's something that I I would suggest to, you know, people that are listening to really don't be afraid to ask for help. It's okay. You don't have to be yeah. strong 100% of the time. And there are people out there that will help you if you just tell them what you need. Oh, Jackie, you hit it right on the head. I'm telling you, I said that in my book, too. Hey, we are going to go to commercial. And that was a great segue because then we're going to talk about our Homefront Warrior Foundation. So thank you, Jackie. What what a great way to end this section.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual, and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune in to Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Chantel Inspires. To reach the show, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello and welcome back. This is our final section here. Um, We're talking about Homefront Warriors, and I've got Jackie who is the spouse of a soldier who has been through a couple of deployments. So she is a pro at this. Um, And Jackie, right before we left, before the commercial break, you had talked about how during the second deployment, it was, you tried harder to uh, work on not feeling guilty about asking for help. And I think that is so true and so pivotal because I went through one deployment and I did not ask for help because we as military spouses, 
I don't know if it's something about us or, or the way we um, go through the military life that we just don't like to ask for help. We feel like we have, should have to do it ourselves. So yeah. you made a great point. Um, and in the book, I did talk about, you know, try to ask for help if you can. Don't feel like you have to do it all. And did you get a good response when you started asking a little bit more? Definitely. I think um, just people even for small things, you know, people at work would say, well, what can I do? And I would, I would actually say, here's what you can do, where previously I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. You know, and the second time I was like, I am going to ask for help because I need it. And, and I, I feel like people were very responsive, um, mm-hmm. you know, to even the smallest thing. Good. That's good. Now, when you're talking about this, I wanted to let everyone know that we actually started from the book. Uh, we got such a response and I kind of felt it as a calling to start a foundation to help those military families while their soldier is deployed. And it is called Homefront Warriors Foundation. Um, It is a nonprofit, 501c3. You can find us on Facebook, and I think we'll put some links um, online here for you guys to go to. And what we do, and like I said, we're, we're in our infancy. We just started this up. And Jackie is actually working with me. We're trying to uh, drum up some funds so that we can provide some services for these family members. I know my time as a Homefront Warrior is done, but there's so many people out there that I can help, and that's kind of what we want to do. One of the things we've already done was uh, delivered 89 or 80-some frozen meals to uh, one of the units and their families uh, while their soldiers deployed. I've replaced screen doors on houses, helped with car repairs. Um, We want to try helping people with daycare because there are a lot of gentlemen out there that are home front warriors, and they can't always get off work on a Saturday. And there's not too many daycares open on Saturdays. So there's us, there's awful, or there are some uh, drop-in daycares that we've been working with, trying to get some vouchers for that and funding for that so they can just drop the kids off there while they uh, do a little work or if you want to do a little self-care, things like that. Um, so that is what we're doing. It's called Homefront Warriors Foundation. So hopefully... Uh, if anybody needs some information on that, they can go to Chantel at ChantelInspires.com and we can get you hooked up with that. And I don't know. I just wanted to mention that uh, foundation. And I think at the end here, Jackie, we're going to talk about what it's like when the soldier comes home because I don't think people understand that uh, it's not always a happy homecoming. I mean, it is. It's wonderful. It's. I heard somebody say it's the, it's the, how do they say it? It's the second first kiss, and it's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, because they came back after so long. But right. what was it like? Was it, I know it's exciting when they come home, but there are some trials and tribulations when they come home. Is that is that what you found as well? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is because you're you're running, you know, at 110% and just doing everything, that letting go of some of those things and realizing that your spouse needs to set back into their normal situation and be a part of that day-to-day living 
um, that's really hard. You don't think it would be because you think you'd be like, oh, I'm just ready to throw all this back at you. But you've gotten so used to doing it that you don't even think about what right. you're doing. You just go through the motions because you're running so fast. And just slowing down, taking a breath, and realizing that they need that. They need that normalcy back, and that's going to help them reintegrate into, you know, just their normal lives. But it's very hard to let go because you just don't think about it. You've just been running so fast, so furious, and, you know, you just keep going. And that was one of the things my husband told me. You know, he said, I I need to feel like I'm needed, like I need to have those responsibilities back because it makes me feel part of the home again. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I just didn't even think about it. (laughs) You know, there's, I know we could get into this for a long time, but we, um, I think what happens is they, as soldiers, they have one focus and that's all they have to focus on over there is staying alive in their job. But once their job is done, they're able to kind of, you know, not relax, but kind of decentralize a little bit. We're at home. We've got these, you know, even when we're done with work, we're not done with work <laughs> because we got work right. at home. And it's it's a it's a go, go, go 24-7 almost. And we don't get much of a break. And then when they come home, we're happy that they're home. But everything has run in a totally different style that when the soldier comes home, there's kind of a clash or, or uh, a collision mm-hmm. of, of sorts. And one of the, the wives was telling me that she says, yeah, I saw one guy, the mom had three kids, three little kids. And she said she drove up in the van stuff was thrown all over the van because, you know, it's not like you can keep everything neat and tidy with all this going on. And the soldier came back, tried to get his duffel in the back end and really got upset that it wasn't neat and tidy. And she says, you're lucky I made it on time. (laughs) You know, it's things that you have, you have to take a step back and understand each other and realize that, okay, we're going to have to counsel this out. We're going to have to talk it out because, You've lived your life for a year. I've lived my life for a year. And now right. we have to re, reacquaint ourselves with each other because yeah. you've got, grown as a person, each of you, in totally different directions. Right. And so it's like well, you're meeting him for the first time again. Yeah, exactly. And I think the normal is going to be different. It's going to be a new normal now um, just because you've realized different experiences. Like you said, you've lived separately for a year or more. And mm-hmm. it really changes both of you, not necessarily for the worst. And a lot of times it can be for the better, but it really is right. really normal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the gals that uh, was in our hometown, she said, I asked her how things were going because her husband had just got back. And she says, I don't know. She says, I, I don't understand why everybody at the office says I should have taken a week off and she's she only took a couple days and she said if I took a whole week off we'd kill each other (laughs) because there's just that that getting to know each other period and you know he wants to feel or he the soldier wants to feel like they're part of the family again and then you know we're back here trying to let loose of that the reins and it's it's hard to do for both sides so that reintegration period is so, so important that you take the time to do that. And I think that's where a lot of things, you know, go astray. Yeah. They don't, it can go don't really give well each or other. really poorly. 
I would agree. Yeah. Yep. And it's not because they don't love each other. It's because they've grown apart and they've, their jobs have changed, their situations have changed, and they just need to realize um, that they're, they have a family that they have to get back together with and to overcome these obstacles because you can do it. You can totally do it. Yeah, I think you okay. know it, it's interesting okay. because when when he got home, I wanted to just take a vacation <laughs> by mm-hmm. myself, like literally, like okay, you're home, okay, now you can take care of everything and just give me a a couple day break. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not to say that you didn't want to spend time with them because obviously you did, but you just wanted to breathe for a few minutes and uh, and touch your breath and and then move forward and you know in in a more positive way. Absolutely. Well, Jackie, our time is up for today. I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I hope that everybody has a little bit more of an awareness of what the families will go through. Um, Hopefully you will all join us next week at the same time. And please remember, you are the author of your own story. Wake up, be awesome, and write a story. Write yourself a fairy tale ending. Thank you for tuning in to Chantel Inspires. We hope you found personal inspiration in today's show and can take control of your life as well as be a light for others. Be sure to tell others about the show and tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.